0: Welcome to the Prairie Heights podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Prairie Heights. How are we all doing today? Good to see you. It's good to be with you. It's uh, my privilege today to uh, wrap up what I think has just been uh, an excellent series entitled The New You this year. Uh, It's been fun to partner with Byron and Beth and really put together this series um, that I believe, if you and I would put all of this into practice, and I'm including myself in this, uh, we could see some really great things happen. And so if you haven't watched that whole series, go to prairieheights.com. Uh, Make sure you watch all those messages. They're great messages. If you watched them and you didn't think they were that great, watch them again. Uh, Because it's just a good, good challenge for us uh, for this next year. If you're watching online, we're just so grateful that you can tune in with us. And uh, I think all of our desire is that this next year be one of the best years ever. I think you'd agree with me that... 2020 has been difficult, to say the least, right? And we could use a good 2021, right? I know I could. I know my family could. I know my church could. I know my community could. We could use a good 2021. But what I find so interesting about what took place this last year and the struggles that we've all had, it, it wasn't just about a pandemic, It wasn't just about an election. It wasn't just about George Floyd. That caused us all this great distress. You see, I'm convinced of this. Like what took place in 2020 has been years in the making. And it all just seemed to come out in 2020. And so we could use a really good year Back in the day when you'd ask kids, like, hey, what what do you want to be when you grow up? You know what the common answers were? I want to be a scientist. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a veterinarian. Uh, Very, very common answers. In fact, all across the country, you could get the same answer. And and today, what's interesting is when you ask kids what they want to be when they grow up, you know what the number one answer is? (laughs) I want to be famous. No kidding. Now listen, I'm not beating up on our kids because the reality is is we taught them that. We've modeled it to them. And you see, I think we're living in a day and age, and and what's come out in 2020 is is we're living in this day and age where we are just so self-absorbed. It's all about you, isn't it? Now, I'm going to warn you before we really dive into this. This morning, it's a tough message that I get to speak to you on. They bring me in once a month to give a messy message, and they're like, go home. We'll see you in another month, you know. (laughs) Today's challenging, but I want you to know as, as I talk about these things, like God has been really dealing with me on some of this. And so I'm not just speaking at all of you. I'm like speaking to Mike Kramer today. But we've become so self-absorbed. It's all about you. Back in the day, we had a word that described it. We used to call it narcissism, right? You know what narcissism is. It's, it's a mental condition in which people have this inflated sense of their own importance. A deep need for excessive attention and admiration. And because of it, they have troubled relationships, and they have a lack of empathy for other people. And we used to call it narcissism. Today, we call it Facebook, right? We've just become so consumed with ourselves. So I've been thinking about this message a lot over this last month, and and the task that they gave me was like, hey, Mike, we want you to... We want you to give a message about this new you this year and, and we want you to talk about like what are those like, healthy habits and these healthy rhythms that you can put in your life daily that can make you a better version of you. And so I was thinking and praying about that and, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna talk about some of these daily habits and these daily rhythms that we can put in place in our lives and I'm, I'm gonna talk about like Like, what are those things that we can do in our physical life that can make us better? Because scripture says, like, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And then I've been thinking, like, man, this winter, my body's become like a Buddhist temple, you know, like. (laughs) And then I thought, like, what about our emotional needs? And what are those things that we can put in place in our lives, these daily rhythms in our lives and these habits that we can put in place that can help our emotions? And, And I want everybody to know, like, like this is the way God views you. Like, like, God thinks you're wonderful and beautifully made and he pieced you together and, and God is crazy about you today. And I want everybody just to grasp that and understand that. And I think if we all could understand that, man, it would just help our emotions and our mental state. And I thought about what are those things, those daily habits and those daily rhythms that we can put in place in our lives that can help our spiritual life out. To be honest with you, I wrestled with all of this and I really begin to see God, like, God, what would you have me to say on this? And what do you want me to talk about? At the beginning of the month, I just made that decision that, you know what, I'm going I'm to do my best to really get to know Jesus Christ. I want to know how he thinks and how he talks. And I really want to know how he reacts to situations. And I'm so far from, from there yet, but, but I'm really working at it. And, and so even in my messages, I've been really asking God, like, Like, Jesus, if if you were in my shoes, and Jesus, you have no idea how hard this is. If you were in my shoes, what would you want to tell people? If you could go and sit down next to these people that I get the privilege to speak in front of. And if you could go home and into these people's living rooms and, and sit down on the couch next to them and And begin to talk to them about their habits and their daily rhythms in their lives. What would you say to them? Jesus, what would you say to me in the midst of all of this? And here's what I think he's been saying to me. And I think what he might just want to say to you this morning is the new you this year, the new you this year, needs to be less about you. As our world is tearing itself apart, as people are pitted against each other, as everybody is trying to be right and prove everybody else wrong, and in the process, we're all trying to find the best version of you. I think Jesus might just squeeze in next to us and say, hey listen, You've tried it your way for so long. You've done it your way for so long. Maybe, just maybe, you should do it my way. And the new you should be less about you. The Apostle Paul gave us this incredible warning that, that I gotta be honest with you, even when I read it, like I get goosebumps because it's so powerful and, and it can't help but evaluate what's going on in our world and, and even in our lives. And, and Paul addresses this very issue, what I see is going on in our world today. Paul says this to 2 Timothy 3, verses one through five, he says this, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Without love, they'll be unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Not lovers of good, Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. I think what Paul is saying to to his audience then and maybe just to us is like, hey, listen, this is when you know things are getting really bad in your world. This is how you know, like, we're living in difficult days. Paul says, people will be lovers. Of themselves. I think if he was writing it today, he would say people will be lovers of selfies, <laughs> you know. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be boastful, conceited, rash, unforgiving. I find it so interesting that he that he says to us that, that they'll have this form of godliness, and I can't help but think, like like, was he saying, like, man, they're gonna come to church, and they're gonna sing these songs, and they're gonna check it on the box that they did it and come to church on Sunday but it never really has a real impact in their everyday life and they won't experience any power and so if Jesus showed up to us today and decided to challenge us on some of our daily rhythms and the habits that we have in place in our lives, what would he challenge us with? What would he say? Here's what I love about scripture is we don't have to wonder that. We don't have to wonder what God is thinking or what God is saying. We can go to scripture and find out exactly what Jesus says. There's a passage of scripture in the book of Luke where Jesus is with a crowd that he's teaching and his disciples are there and and he begins to share with them, like, what's going to take place in his life. And he was telling them, like, listen, you guys don't understand this yet, but I'm going to suffer many things, and, and I'm going to be crucified. But don't worry, three days later, I'm going to raise from the dead. And, and he begins to talk about himself, but then he begins to share with them the challenge that's going to be put on all of them. And maybe, just maybe, the challenge that you and I need to put in place into our lives when it comes to our daily rhythms and the habits in our lives. Jesus says this in Luke chapter nine. He says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple. I'm gonna stop there for a second. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. This (laughs) This is my heart. I wanna be a disciple of Jesus. I do. I blow it, I mess up. But in my heart of hearts, I really want to be a disciple of Jesus. And I get it, not not all of you are there yet. Some of you are here because, like, your girlfriend drug you here, your mom guilted you into being here, and, and you're just here. But my hope and prayer is that you can get a better glimpse of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. And follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Now, we come to a place like this and we hope that, man, we'll be encouraged and we'll be lifted up, right? And, and we'll give a message on this quick fix that if you just do one, two, three, man, all is going to be good. But Jesus gives us an incredibly challenging challenging message when it comes to our daily lives and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So there's three things that I want to point out when it comes to our daily rhythms in 2021 that I think you and I need to put into practice in our lives. The first is this. We need to deny yourself. We need to deny ourselves Setting aside your interest for the sake of others. Now, I just want you to think about that for a few seconds. Like, could you imagine if all across our nation we just all decided that, you know what, it's not about me? Now, that's countercultural. We're told today it's all about you. you got to be the best version of you. you got to fix you. you got to focus in on you. And if you can focus on you, then you can focus on everybody else. And Jesus says, no. <laughs> That's where you guys get it wrong. We've got to learn what it means to deny ourselves. To really learn what it means to put other people's needs ahead of our own. Could you imagine if we did that? Could you imagine if elected officials just decide to do that? Could you imagine if we did that when we drove across town? Could you imagine if we did that in the restaurant? Could you imagine if we did that at work? Or we just came to the place where, you know what, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about my wants. It's not about my desires. And we decided to put other people first. First. It's hard for us, isn't it? I mean, could you imagine if we even started here in the church? <laughs> could you imagine if, if we just made the decision that you know what, we're gonna deny ourselves. It's no longer about us. And I wanna challenge you this. Beth hit a home run last week. She talked about the mission and vision of the church and I, I was watching it, and I just thought, man, if we could just live that out. And it no longer became about us. But let's be honest, even what we do in here so often becomes about us, doesn't it? I mean, we come into a place like this, and we just hope they play really good music. These guys always play really good music, don't they? I'm always amazed at what they can do. Got two claps for that. They'll feel good in the back. But we come into a place like this, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you, and, and I get this, I fall into this too, so I'm not beating anybody up, but we've created this consumer mentality in the church world that we have to have the best music, and we have to have all the bells and whistles, and we have to have the lights, and, and I'm a guy, I keep telling these guys I wish they would do it. I would love to walk out on the platform with smoke in the background, with, you know, and they just never do it for me, you know? But if we don't like it or if something happens that we don't like, it's easy for us to jump ship, isn't it? It's, easiest, it's easy for us to look down the road and say, you know what, I can go down the road because they can put on a better service for me. And they do right now more things that I like. And so what happens is we fill up these churches and we try so hard to do it right and make everything just perfect and and we know that everybody is just on the edge of jumping ship and going to the next church and many times they do but then they spend some time there and then all of a sudden something goes wrong that they don't like and then they jump ship again and and they tell us that most of church growth today is just people jumping from one church to another. I'm gonna be honest, I can't imagine Jesus is just saying, oh, I love that, you know, go down the road, man. They got a better show. Their pastor comes out to smoke. <laughs> but could you imagine if one of the marks of Prairie Heights, in the midst of having great music, in the midst of having all this incredible stuff, could you imagine if one of the marks on Prairie Heights was man, those guys, they're just selfless love people unconditionally. They put other people's needs ahead of their own. It's not all about them. They don't come to a service saying, oh, I hope I like it. They come to a service saying, man, I hope, I hope I can connect with somebody and love on them and inspire them. I hope I can come to a service and my songs are just, sound so good to God and he just enjoys my worship. And it's not about me. Could you imagine if the mark on Prairie Heights was, man, those guys just denied themselves. It's not about them. I want to challenge you to this, Prairie Heights. Let's put that into practice in our lives. Let's stop making everything all about you. And let's begin to put other people's needs ahead of our own. And let's start to look around us at other people's needs and say, you know What? man, I care so deeply about them, and it's not about me. Second thing that Jesus tells us to do is, he says, take up your cross. Now, in the context that we have, we understand what he's talking about. We know that Jesus went to a cross, but but to that audience, they didn't quite understand what he was talking about. They didn't know that he was gonna actually go to a, a cross, but they knew what the cross was. The cross was this ugly Roman form of, persecution and, and they saw it every day. And I look at our lives and I, I can't help but think like like Jesus, what does it mean to take up our cross? We like our comfortable lives, don't we? I do. <laughs> we like our nice houses. We like our nice cars. We like our nice lives. And we sure don't want anybody to disrupt that, do we? Now listen, I know, it. I mean, I don't. My goal is to someday buy a house where I can't see anybody. (laughs) Anybody. And if somebody wanders on my property, I'm gonna yell and scream like a crazy old man. Because we don't want people disrupt Our lives. And then Jesus calls us to something different. He says, hey, listen, I want you to daily, every day, not just when it's comfortable for you or when it's convenient, I want you to daily take up your cross. So I've been thinking about that, what that looks like in my life. I've been trying to work that out in my life. And and ask Jesus, like, Jesus, what does that mean for me? And and You know my heart. You know how I like to be comfortable, and I don't want my life to be disrupted. And and then all of a sudden, Jesus started, like, revealing things to me. And so I'm going to kind of, like, have confessional time with you today. And it's going to seem kind of weird for some of you. But I was reading this week that North Dakota has close to 2,000 children who are in the foster care system today. And that number just is escalating. I read, like, right across our border in Minnesota, Minnesota has today over 9,000 children in the foster care system. And you know what they're telling us? They can't find enough houses, they can't find enough people to take care of these children. Across our nation, they say that we have 438,000 children that are in the foster care system. And the number is escalating at a rate they just can't keep up with. And so they tell us that they're taking children out of bad homes. And many of them, they're putting them in homes that aren't much better. Right here in our backyard. My wife and I have been talking about this. And in our immediate response is, well, oh, <laughs> that's gonna disrupt our home. I mean, we don't have time for that. We got, we got our own children. <laughs> Two of my kids go to private school, you know, that's costly. We don't have time for that and we don't wanna disrupt it and, and our house isn't quite big enough because we need that extra space just in case, you know, the in-laws come once a year. And although I'd like to put them in the garage, my wife won't let me put them in the garage. And I was talking to a gal a couple weeks ago, and she said, we don't have enough homes. So they're not sure what to do sometimes with all these kids, and, and there's parents that have like up to nine kids in their home. And I thought to myself, is it because we don't have big enough houses? <laughs> is it because we don't have enough people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ? And the answer is No. And what God was saying to me is, Mike, you just don't want your life disrupted. (laughs) And so I'm confessing to all of you that I got to do something about this. So my wife and I are going to start the process and figure out what it means to be foster parents. And it scares the daylights out of me. Scares the daylights out of me. But I want to take up my cross. talked to somebody else this week, and I found out that in North Dakota, that 11% of the North Dakota population are living below the poverty line. And that number keeps growing. Talked to a guy who runs our soup kitchen. And I said, what are some of the challenges you have? Because I'd like to figure out how to help you. And he said, some of the challenges we have is like every day we are trying to find volunteers to come show up at the soup kitchen. And serve food. And I said, well, how many do you need, like, in an evening? He said, oh, we need three or four people. He said, many evenings we have to shut our doors because we can't find three or four people across our community to show up at the soup kitchen to serve people who are in a mess. And I thought to myself, is it because we don't have enough people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, or are our churches not full all across our community? Do we not have, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of people on Sunday mornings packing out our buildings? The reality is, is I just don't want my life disrupted. (laughs) I got my own things I want to do, and I want to be comfortable. And so Jesus has been challenging me and my wife and my whole family, like, listen, we need to learn what it means to take up our cross. To disrupt our lives sometimes, to cause discomfort in our families, even at times be willing to suffer for what God wants us to do. And could you imagine if we as a church just decided that we're no longer just going to ignore needs in our community, we're no longer going to close our eyes to the messes around us, we're just going to disrupt our lives and pick up our cross and do what Jesus has called us to do. And then he tells us to follow Jesus. (laughs) He says, every day deny yourself, every day take up your cross and follow me. And I've just decided I'm gonna figure out what that means. See, I love when Jesus first had an encounter with like Simon and Andrew, Fishermen, James and John Fisherman. He didn't go up to him and say, hey, listen, get your act together. You know, memorize this and he can come hang out with me. He didn't. He just said, hey, wherever you're at, I just want you to follow me. I love when he goes up to the tax collector booth and there was Matthew who was hated by everybody. He doesn't go up to Matthew and say, Matthew, I need you to make everything right. And I want you to just, you know, quit this and start doing this and, you know, say this three times. <laughs> he said, no, I just want you to follow me. Do you want to follow me? And this group of ordinary people, many of them uneducated, many of them didn't have their act together, many of them were a mess, just began to follow Jesus. And he took them to some crazy places, took them to some places where they were uncomfortable, taught them some incredible things, and so I've just decided in my life, I want to figure out what that means to me, and Jesus, wherever you take me, I'm going to go. Whoever you put me in contact with, I'm just going to go there. Whoever you want me to speak to, I'm going to speak to. And I'm just going to follow you. And could you imagine if we all just made that decision? Yet every day, every day, it's not about my agenda. It's not just about what I want to do. It's not just about me. I'm just going to follow Jesus wherever he takes me see, I believe this. If we put that one thing into practice, and we made that a daily rhythm in habit in our lives where we just said, I'm denying myself, I'm taking up my cross, and I'm following you. I believe this. 2021 could be incredible, not just for us, because it's not about us, but for the world that we live in, the community that God has put us in. You see, Jesus said, us this example he calls us to something he was willing to do himself you see jesus denied himself unbelievable the son of god denied himself he literally took up a cross and he suffered and died on our behalf he continued to do what his heavenly father asked him to do we're going to take communion here in a second and like everybody just to kind of your seats grab your elements if you're at home grab what you have we're going to take communion but Jesus set us this incredible example of what it means to live this out in Philippians chapter 2 Paul says this about Jesus He says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God He set us an incredible example. And so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to take communion together. And you know this about us when we take communion. Like like we we don't say you're in or you're out when it comes to communion. If you're here today, if you're watching at home, we believe this. Jesus invites everybody to his table to take communion. And communion isn't just about, you know, this this nice packaged little juice and wafer or whatever you're having at home. It's It's not about that. Jesus tells us to remember something about him. And when he was with his group of followers, his disciples, and and he was having this meal with him, he, he took this bread. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the bread right now, and I just want you to hold it in your hands. looked around at his disciples and he said, Hey, listen, guys, my body has been broken for you guys. And every time you eat, I want you to remember this incredible sacrifice that I made for you. And when he says, remember, it's not like this. Oh, I look back and say, Oh, isn't that nice. It's this kind of remember that, that it shapes you. It, It causes you to change behavior in your life. Like It's this idea of not only just think about it, but like go out and do it. So Jesus took the bread and he said, take and eat this in remembrance of me. And let's do that together. Then he took the cup (laughs) and with great love and passion, he, he looked at these guys who he loved dearly And he said, listen, guys, everything's new from here on out. When you drink this cup, you're going to remember this new covenant that I'm making with you. Everything's brand new because I'm shedding my blood for you guys because I love you guys. And every time you drink this cup, I want you to remember how crazy I am about you. And so we drink this cup together. (laughs) it's this incredible moment that Jesus had with his disciples and we're so grateful for the sacrifice that he paid and, and all that he went through on our behalf so that we could be saved it's crazy but he calls us to remember it and go out and do the same so wouldn't it be something if all of us as we remember the great sacrifice that Christ paid for us just said to him like listen If you can do that for us, I can deny myself. I can take up my cross. And wherever you go, I'm there. I'm telling you, if we did that, 2021 would be so much different than what we got. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's learn what it means to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. Can I pray for you? Jesus, we love you so much. What an incredible sacrifice, oh. That you loved us so much that you denied yourself. You literally took up a cross on my behalf not so I can just live a life that's consumed with me, but you wanted to transform me and do something in us. And so God, I pray that for us, that we would learn what it means to really deny ourselves where it no longer is about us, where we begin to put other people's needs ahead of ours. And I pray that for our church. It's so easy to just become this consumer when it comes to church, but you didn't give your life for that. You called us as a church to go out and live with a sense of mission and purpose. God, we all like to be comfortable. I know I do, I I struggle with that, forgive me for that. God, would you teach me what it means to look around and, and see the needs around me and just decide that you know what, I'm gonna take up my cross. Even if it brings discomfort and suffering in my life. God, wherever you go, whatever you do, wherever you lead me, I think all of us are just feeling that right now. Wherever you go, we're all in. We're going to follow you. And I pray that that in 2021 just becomes a rhythm in our lives. We acknowledge this. We can't do it on our own. So as we took this communion today, help us every day remember that you're not asking us to do anything you didn't do, that you set us that example, and so may we go out and live that same way. We love you, Jesus. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.